This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Just another day of liberty, loving liberty. That's that's exactly what it is. You know, Good morning, Liberty. Good night, Liberty. Every day I get that. Almost every day I get to ask you like how your day is going. You never ask how my day is going. You, well, you ever realize that? You well, it's because you're beloved. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice to be this beloved. Exactly. Sure. That's true. I guess maybe I could pump your ego a little bit more, but I feel like the live group does that enough for you. Oh, you could definitely pump it more. Yeah. Oh, okay. That would be fine. Well, would how be are you doing? We don't have time for that, man. This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So if this is your first time listening, make sure you smash that follow button, subscribe, whatever it is, leave your rating and review. Even before you've listened all the way through the episode, we would greatly appreciate it. And go to joingml.com to join the Discord. You have to Pay at least $6 a month to hang out with us. I see a lot of people joining in the Discord, but they ain't paid nothing yet. Mm, they're just in that one wall Okay, channel. It's sometimes people slip through the walls. They should, tunnel under it. You they, should change the name of the channel yeah. to wall. That's fine. We could do that. <laughs> but listen, this wall costs money to get over because we're providing a valuable service to our uh, most prized listeners over here. All right. Anyway, yesterday we talked about this whole thing with the Babylon Bee and the man of the year, Rachel Levine. So they were locked out of their Twitter account. They're still. This is, to me, this is ironic as Caitlyn Jenner winning the woman of the year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for ESPN. It's like. Did you see the thing over the weekend where, um, man, I can't, you know, Caitlyn Jenner was talking. She said. She had the balls to stand up for women's sports. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a real tweet. Like legitimately. Sure. So anyway, balls. we talked about this and the CEO, uh, Seth, something was saying that they weren't going to delete the tweet. And, and so that's a pretty good free speech stand or principled stand or whatever. Now, a lot of us can be really upset about this. I'll go ahead and put a disclaimer out here. I'm, I think this is ridiculous. I hate this kind of censorship. Have we deleted our Twitter account? No. Have you, Have you listener, maybe you've deleted your Twitter account. Let us know, nate at gml.com, if you've deleted your Twitter account because of this. And so how important is it really? I think it's pretty important, but not important enough for a lot of people to give up their ability to tweet mean things at other people. The other side of this, they lock them out of their account. The tweet is still up there. I I retweeted it earlier today. You can still look at it. You can click on it. You can read the the article. 
You can share it with your friends. Still there. It's still there. So what are they actually doing here? Because the content is so dangerous and hateful and terrible and it's harassment and hate speech and all of these things. And they left it up there and you can still share it. They didn't even actually suspend Babylon B's account. I still went to it today and retweeted it. The account's still there. Yeah, still up. So still are up they, and running. Are they actually trying to protect, say, Rachel Levine or other transgender people from this joke, this satire? Or are they trying to do something more sinister? And I think they're actually trying a different strategy right now. See, if it was actually so dangerous that they couldn't allow it on their platform, they could just remove it. And then they put uh, Babylon B on a seven-day suspension, something like that. Okay, slap on the wrist. We remove this. We gave you a suspension. You can come back. Just don't do it again. And we can't have that kind of content. Instead, they left the content and they said, you can have your account back if you choose to remove the content, which gets into this whole Maoist struggle session, this idea that they need to submit to basically the wokeness, the the wokeness of Twitter, the, the wokeness, wokeness authority. Yes. And not only that, that they need to submit, they need to show their followers that they are submitting and that they are going to say that they were wrong and that they're not going to post stuff like this. And they can put that little dagger in the heart of some of their followers. This is a, a step above just simply removing things. This yes. is actually further than that. And the CEO says nay. Yeah. He said he's not going to do it. Not going to do it. And I'm not going to do it. You know, m more more power to them. They can that's their decision. They can make that decision. We have uh we have gotten in trouble with stuff like this before, not like on the transgender issue, but with COVID stuff. Uh we've had issues with YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And I will say uh, we we removed the YouTube video that YouTube said violated their terms. We have fought them also. We've sent screenshots from the CDC's website and from the WHO's website to show them what we were talking about. And they let us pass and then didn't and they took away the strike and all of that. Anyway, what do you think about this whole that I don't know if I've seen them do this before where they they leave it up and they're they're putting the choice on you. If you want to use Twitter, you can delete it, but everyone else can still retweet it. Yeah, I don't, I, I haven't seen that before either. Typically they remove content, um, that violates their terms or whatever, but are they in a violation of anything? I mean, they're calling it a harassment essentially based on, uh, they've got this big list of different parts of the woke pyramid and, you know, it's sex and race and, it, it even one of the weird things was like a serious disease, like making fun of someone based on a serious disease or some kind of harassment with that. That's kind of weird because I feel like I've seen a lot of people get made fun of when they got COVID after not taking the vaccine mm -hmm. or not wearing a mask. But I guess it's not a serious disease. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's how it skirted around their rules on that. Just, you know, pay attention to stuff like this that... These things keep repeating themselves, these little Maoist struggle sessions, this, this North Korea-type action that you're seeing, where the, the important part in this whole process 
is that the Babylon Bee chooses to remove the post themselves so they can use Twitter. And by doing that, they're telling all of their followers that they choose Twitter over whatever it was that they had posted out. It's sinister is the only word that I can come up with for it. And like you mentioned, Joe asked, he said he was late. Um, that is a private company. I mean, they can allow you to have an account or not. Sure. That's true. Sure. Um, that's why I think alternatives are the best solution, which they're coming out left and right every single day. Mostly right. Mostly right. <laughs> but I think, I think, you know, they'll take off eventually. You have, uh, uh, Truth Social. Now you interviewed the CEO of this new Reddit uh, type forum. It's called a uh, Retalk. It's called Retalk. There's yeah. Odyssey um, and and uh, Rambler, Rumbler, uh, yeah, YouTube. So there's going to be a lot of alternates pop up because this just it's just not sustainable. And the people, you know, massive platforms like Joe Rogan or the Babylon Bee here, who's got uh, 1.7 million followers. They're going to move to other platforms where they're welcome um, and then take their followers with them. And that's how that's just how the free market works. And, and they're so, already on Truth Social, which is supposed to be fully released by the end of this month. Mm -hmm. I really hope they do it before the options contract uh, expires on Friday, but we'll see. Sorry, just a little bit of my trading stuff um, to talk about. Now, there. Of course, I wish Twitter wouldn't do this, but I don't. You know, if you're going to, if you want me to say that I think Congress needs to pass a law that says that Twitter can't control their own users, I mean, I don't, I just disagree. No. I just will ever, forever disagree. The only thing I mentioned yesterday was that I do, I would like to see a court case and see how they work it out that if you have paid for advertising to essentially buy followers for your page, that you, there needs to be a legal process getting the money back that you mm. spent on advertising on that platform yeah. to get those followers. I think that that's a pretty simple thing, although all they have to do is put in their rules that if you violate the terms of service, then you're forfeiting all of the yeah. ad money put in there and everyone's going to hit accept and then you've accepted those terms. And so that's, you know, that's another market thing. You got to make that decision when you hit accept on everything. But I, I would be interested in seeing some type of court case, especially if they change the rules after you've already made your page and done those ads and, and done all of that. Let me, I mean, Joe, let me ask you, can I make signs that says Joe's, a, Joe's a sissy girl <laughs> and, uh, and then put them all Why over your yard. Why would that be yard, a bad thing? Put them all over your yard and on top of your roof and come into your house and, and I'll, not that it's a bad thing. I'm you talking saying, Joe Bizzle or Joe R? Uh, Joe Bizzle right now. Okay. I think. Just making sure. I just, I just want to know, like, can I, can I just write whatever I want and just put it all over your house. Just plaster it all over your house, no matter what I want to say. On on his property, you on mean? your property. Whatever. Yeah. In your yard, on your house, inside your house, on top of your on top of your roof. I'm just plaster all everything I want all over there. Yeah. To me, the alternative to this is uh is alternative programs popping up. I I don't think there's room for uh, a a law preventing them from doing this. Like I said, I think there could be some uh, some refunds available for people that end up getting removed from these platforms. Uh, but other than that, there's going to be other platforms pop up. You know, Truth of course, Social. Of course, Joe Bizzle has a phone call. Right Truth, now. <laughs> Truth Social isn't that bad. Uh, their algorithm doesn't seem to be quite as cool. One thing I've noticed: people are so against this algorithm idea where it shows you 
uh, you know, the mo- most popular things or things that you might like more than others. I'm just it's influenced by you, I'm by just, the way. <laughs> I like that. And a lot of these alternative platforms, they come out and are like, oh, we're not going to do that. We're just going to do the old timey, uh, the most recent post is the one that you're going to see. And you won't get the uh, same kind of traction. Yeah. And you you don't. We we don't get the same kind of basically the really big name people get the traction on there because they're the pages that people are naturally going to. Whereas we can post things on Twitter. Sometimes it does really well. Facebook that does really, really well. TikTok that does really, really, really well. And that's all based off of their algorithm showing people what they think people might want to see. And a lot of these new platforms aren't doing that because apparently that's a bad idea. I don't know. Anyway, that's been my biggest problem with all these new ones. They, they need to beef up their algos, man. Yeah. But I but I think, there, I think there's definitely going to be an alternative. I mean, if you just look at... We're, this is so fresh, but you just look at how the market moves. Um, alternatives are made all the time, and when the masses shift over to that alternative, that's where the that's where it's going to be. And yeah. it's it it's going to take some time. And I disagree with what Twitter's doing. I think it's dumb for especially for people on the left to be such proponents of civil rights and the freedom of speech and to say things. That's not uh, a thing. They were for the longest time. No, that's not a thing. They were for the longest time to now all of a sudden trying to drive the narrative and control what you can and cannot say. Um, you know, I, I just, it's it's so ridiculous. And so, yeah, we need a place and we need a space. Um, and I believe there are several out there now that people will start to migrate to where you can say what you want to say, even if it's wrong. Yeah. And I do, Amanda was pointing out, the issue is, another issue, one reason we haven't used some of these platforms is they are, they do seem to be specifically just, say, for people on the right. And so that just feels like, you might as well name the app Echo Chamber. And we all just go in there and we all pat each other on the back for, for these sweet owns that no one's ever going to see on the apps. And, and, and then there's, uh, there's just, I think there's an issue with that because you do want a representation of the entire population on there, uh, in my opinion, not just people that are on the right. And I, I hope some of these apps figure out how to, you're going to have to be, the problem is any new app that comes out and if it's market, if it's marketing is that this is a free speech platform. Even if you don't say it's for people on the right or for people with anything like that, it's naturally going to appeal to people on the right because those are the people who are having their viewpoints censored. Most of the time. So that's just naturally who it's going to to bring over. Any new platform. Mm-hmm. We are a free speech platform. Is the left concerned with their speech being free? No, they can say basically anything they want. So you're pretty much only going to attract people that are on the right. And then it becomes a right-wing platform because it's a free speech platform. This is the one that people are using to spout their microchip theories and stuff like that. Their 5G control. Places like the Good Morning Liberty podcast with the interview that we had yesterday, <laughs> you know, which is, that's a free speech thing. Now, we had someone on yesterday, Clay Clark. It was a great, it was a really great interview. The guy's, the guy's amazing at doing interviews. I'll tell you that. The stuff he was saying, can I confirm it? No. Can I deny it? No, no, not really. So we'll just uh, get his position out there on everything. Everyone can just go do their own research on all of it. Mm-hmm. So that's, but that just makes us crazy, crazy, uh, right wing 
conspiracy theorists. We at, all know at that. Once the Earth was flat, until mm-hmm. people started questioning it. At one time, there was no possibility that the coronavirus leaked out of a lab in China. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. At one Still time, hasn't it was really been confirmed, but it looks like it's that's possibly the the case. At one time, transmission of coronavirus was going to stop with every vaccinated person mm. you wouldn't be able to spread it to other people so it turns out that wasn't that wasn't true all right let's get on to some other maybe some economic slash politics here get out of this gall during culture like, war i think i'd like to see a platform where the terms and conditions are like you're responsible for your own posts and we actually can't see them yeah like the back end we can see we them. can't see them we can see them like through the UI, but on the back end, we can't, we're, we're, we're literally built this to where we've restricted ourselves from taking anything down Yeah, at all. And so I, let's see, the problem is there has to be some exceptions. Like you can't host child porn. Yeah. That's where everyone goes with it. Well, I'm just yeah. like, you start to think about like, oh, I'm just going to let everything go. And then you're like, well, you can't do that. You know, there has to be some things you're not willing i don't know that just makes it tough makes it tough the kids they make everything tough Uh, they yeah if we just not have any more kids yeah (laughs) that'd be fine all right let's go through this vaccine I, i love kids this vaccine funding problem we've ran into all right from the washington post by the way most articles here from the washington post i went through every news organization that we normally go through and I only settled on a few articles, and they all happen to be from the Washington Post today. So, well, thanks, Jeff. That uh, for your that, hard work, and that your five bucks is really paying off. Million dollar yacht, <laughs> really appreciate. You know, if he can afford that yacht, then he can let me read the Washington Post for free. Probably. Okay. Exactly. This is ridiculous. White House officials say U.S. has exhausted funds to buy potential fourth vaccine dose for all Americans. Well, that happened. A hundred years ago. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) The Biden administration lacks the funds to purchase a potential fourth coronavirus vaccine dose for everyone. Administration officials said Monday and Pfizer tweeted a sad emoji. (laughs) Federal officials have secured enough doses to cover a fourth shot for Americans age 65 and older, as well as the initial regimen for children under five. Now, hold on. Let's talk about that real quick. Get them one dose. Because of... Um, economic, because probably because Republicans won't give them enough money, whatever the reason is, um, they have a shortage of the amount of vaccines they can provide to people for free with other, with their money. Mm -hmm. And so they are separating this out to, we can do Americans age 65 and older, and then we have enough saved up to do all the children under five. And those are the two most important groups that we have to work on. COVID's over. Yeah. I and mean, I think Amanda alluded to this is like, I think they knew this and that's why the COVID shock, you know, the, the 24 news cycle of the cases and deaths, everything's just not being reported on anymore Yeah, because it's not convenient and they don't have the money to spend uh, on scaring you into taking more vaccinations that don't do much. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be ramping up the rhetoric on all of this and they'll try to get the narrative going again with some new variants. And I just keep seeing things. You think so? I keep like, even on, without the money for the vaccine and forcing people to, I mean, what are you going to do when well, you can't that, get a fourth dose? They're going to get people scared enough that people can vote for the money for the fourth dose and they gotcha. won't lose any votes. Mm-hmm. That's all they have to do there is get people scared enough and then we'll spend $4 trillion 
on whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Mm. But if you're allocating resources, back to this point, if you're allocating resources for something that is a deadly virus and you don't want people to get it and you can't give it to everyone because you're super bad with money and you pick Americans age 65 and older, okay, and children under the age of five, all the people in the middle, you can't do that. How many people do we have from that COVID net thing in the 14 states since the pandemic since the pandemic began? Uh, that how many children had died in those 14 states? 16. 16. 16 children. Probably because they were vaccinated, Nate. In 14 states, that is not the entire U.S. But in in 14 states, COVID net, which separates out with COVID and because of COVID, has confirmed 16 deaths ages zero to four, and one of the two categories that they said they're going to be able to provide for is children under the age of five. When we know 16, let's double the number. Let's triple the number. Let's just do that. 48. Let's just say it's 48 compared to what? 600,000 in the other group. This just really bothers me because if they were actually concerned about this, they would say we can do people over the age of 65 and then everyone that's immunocompromised or, you know, everyone like that. And then the people over 50, we could do that. And everyone that's got some type of a disease that's uh, compromised their immune system, then we'll do that. But no, we're going to save it for children under the age of five because that's obviously super important. It doesn't stop the spread and hardly any kids have died from it. But I mean, that's what we have to save it for. What are they charging for the vaccine? I think it's 40 bucks is what they were doing, but that's a, a okay. random number. Yes, they should have easily been able to do all of these doses with a total of $53 billion for every man, woman, and child in the U.S. for a total of $53 billion for four doses. Just in case you were wondering if I had done the math on that earlier, I did. But then you had a bunch expire and... Yeah, that still happens. Let's just call it 100 billion. Mm -hmm. Let's call it 100. The officials say they cannot place advance orders for for additional vaccine doses for those in other age groups unless lawmakers pass a stalled $15 billion funding package, which at this point, $15 billion seems like 15 bucks. Yeah. Well, you can't pass 15 billion. What's what's going on? Don't worry. I brought brought the math on that. I brought the receipts. Um. $4.6 $4.6 trillion total budgetary resources for COVID-19 so far since the pandemic began. $4.6 trillion. They've spent $3.6 trillion of it. They're $4.2 trillion obligated right now. But they don't have the 50. They need to pass a new budget to be able to do this fourth dose for, for this billion. $15 billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a big political fight we need to have right now leading up to the midterm elections for sure. Quote, right now we don't have the, enough money for fourth doses if they're called for. Quote, we don't have the funding if we were to need a variant-specific vaccine in the future. Analyst at Kaiser Family Foundation, a nonpartisan health research organization, independently confirmed that the United States would need to purchase hundreds of millions of additional doses to ensure that every American could receive four shots if necessary. Quote, If their policy goal is to have enough doses available to provide a fourth dose to everyone, there are not enough doses purchased. They will run out of supply, said Cates, estimating that the White House needed to purchase about 750 million additional doses to reach that goal. 
That's twice as many just, people. Yeah, just Titan checking the math States. on that. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> White House officials said that they have uh, grown concerned that vaccine manufacturers will prioritize orders already being placed by other countries, such as Japan, Colombia, Vietnam, and the Philippines, which collectively plan to buy or have already bought more than 200 million additional doses. 93% of the money that was allocated for COVID response, direct COVID response, has been spent. So there's very little left, which is very, there's very little left. 7% of 4.6 trillion. Yeah. That's hardly, there's no way they could cover this $15 billion shortfall. 350 billion, something like that. Yeah. They need another bill. White House officials have all uh, also have warned that they will soon be unable to purchase additional therapeutics, including monoclonal antibodies, a key tool to help those who become infected, especially the immunocompromised and others at high risk. So now the, if we're not dying of thermonuclear war, it'll be COVID. Mm-hmm. This is it. Now, this is it. First off, we're not saying that we should be relying on them to purchase things and that they should have, be able to find a way to do this. That's not it. This should be left up to the market. This shouldn't even be a conversation. There wouldn't be any problem with any of these shortfalls. Maybe people have to pay 40 bucks to do what they consider to be saving their life. You know, is your life worth 40 bucks every five months? Possibly? No, definitely not. Then why would I pay 40 bucks to save your life every five months? I don't know. That's just one simple question right there. This is what happens when you decide to let the government take over the supply and demand of an entire sector right here. Now we get into this point where they're saying there's a need for something, and now we're just going to have a bunch of people arguing back and forth in Congress over whether or not they need to allocate any more money towards this thing, which is not what happens inside of an actual market for something. If it's necessary and, and proper, then they can... They will allocate the money for that, especially if they're going to be able to make a profit off of it. And it's money we don't have anyway. Yeah. We haven't had for a long time. Yeah, but they don't actually, they don't, they didn't have the first money they spent and no. they don't have this money, even if they decide to tell themselves they do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want people to forget it was Trump who signed the COVID spending. The first one, it was two yeah. point something. So all this inflation total. isn't just Biden's fault. It was, it was, it was Republicans as well. Mm-hmm. This is like, it was all of government. And when they say they're here to help, they're not. It's Definitely just, not. And it's just, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Well, that's great, Charlie. I'm glad it's not Wednesday. Yeah, it's not Wednesday. I can say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> all right. Next thing here. Oh, I'd also put in here how much money was allocated in each thing. Uh, Department of Health and Human Services. I mean, that's just $500 billion right there. And this is actually from the, um, yeah, this is from all the bills, I think. Pretty sure. I mean, geez, so much money allocated to all of these different departments. There's no way they can buy this next dose, y'all. They just can't do it. We're going to have to have new funding passed for this thing. Okay, the SEC does. It'll probably have to be $8.9 trillion. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, t- that way they can secure a fifth dose, you know, just in case. The SEC proposed a landmark climate disclosure rule. Here's what you need to know from that. The SEC. The The SEC. The Securities and Exchange Commission Mm. is getting involved on this. Now think, we we were just having this conversation about why the oil rigs, 
you know, or why they're not drilling on all this leased land. Now, there's tons of different reasons for that. One of them is a, a fear of investment in this type of thing because of all of our climate policy agenda that we've got. So why would you put billions of dollars into this thing when you're maybe just going to get shut down and not be able to recoup your money? Put it in something else. Put it in real estate. Just do that. The SEC on Monday approved the landmark proposal to require all publicly traded companies to disclose their greenhouse gas emissions and the risks they face from climate change. <laughs> the proposed rule from the regulator mandates that hundreds of businesses report their planet warming emissions in a standardized way for the first time. For what? I'll, just, this, I'll tell you for what. Go along with securities. SEC Chair Gary Gensler said the rule would provide consistent, comparable information to investors. Is, that, is this for the Bitcoin miners? Well, it's going to be overall for people to decide whether or not they're going to invest in specific companies. Mm. Environmentalists hail the rule as a crucial first step in forcing the private sector to confront the economic risks of a warming world. What does it say? All firms would be required to share the emissions they generate at their own facilities, and larger businesses would need to have the, these numbers vetted by an independent auditing firm, the SEC said. That's not going to add any expenses on anything. There's not going to be any inflation associated yeah. with having to do that. Deloitte just, just needed some new uh, clients. Yeah, they're just going to take that out of their own pockets for sure, not out of yours. For companies that have made public pledges to reduce their carbon footprint, the SEC said it re would require them to detail how they intend to meet their goal, and to share any relevant data. If a company uses internal price on carbon, it would need to share information about the price and how it was set. Now, they mentioned in here, in 2019, Exxon prevailed in a high-profile lawsuit alleging that the oil giant misled investors by using two different estimates, one public and one private, for the future costs of climate change. By the way, they mentioned Exxon prevailed in court saying that they didn't have to disclose that and this rule is just going to go around where the court has actually already ruled in this case. Mm -hmm. The proposed rule closely follows many standards set by the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, a group established by Mike Bloomberg to advocate for greater disclosure of climate-related risks to investors and insurers. Quote, investors Jesus. have... Investors have driven the demand for this information, but it needs to be consistent and comparable across the globe. There are lots of companies that won't do it unless it's mandatory. Their investors definitely driving demand for this thing that they have to make mandatory. What will this data be used for? Shareholders of public companies are increasingly demanding more information about the risks that climate change could pose to their investments although they don't care enough about it for the companies to just be doing it without it being mandatory, but whatever, arguing that mounting climate disasters and environmental regulations could limit the growth of businesses that do not prepare for, that don't prepare for them. So the idea here is that this is going to protect businesses. It's going to protect, sorry, it's going to protect investors because you could be invested in a business that has all of these climate change risks that they did not disclose to you. And climate change could destroy the business that you're invested in because it's going to destroy all of us, which is weird. we got to separate out different businesses when the entire planet's going to be destroyed. This seems like that'll just kind of encompass all of them. But they have to disclose this because this is a risk to the company. Climate change is. And so now to protect the investors, they have to show 
what all of their emissions are, what they're going to do to get around it, and how climate change is going to affect their business. Mm-hmm. With more hard that data. Makes, that makes so much sense. Yeah. It's, you know? Nailed it. couldn't it. have anything to do with them, you know, forcing them to provide this data because they're going to be providing money to people, the government. No. Providing money to people who are more climate efficient. No, that's, there's no possible connection between those two mm-hmm. things. There's no there's way it not, could be because no. the, the government's, it's just, this is a article showing how much they care for you. It's, it's to protect like people like us who invest in the stocks because mm-hmm. before I hit buy, uh, you know, I look, I look through, how's climate change going to affect this company uh, 15 years from now? The data's not available, so you haven't bought. Yeah, so I haven't been able to do it. So this is actually going to increase investment. Mm-hmm. Boom, nailed it. Fix the economy. With more hard data available, climate risk will become more central to the decision-making of portfolio managers at some of the largest investment firms. A quote from this guy who manages $14 billion in assets, I need a common set of data to help make an informed investment decision. The new disclosures could also reveal which companies lag their industries in cutting carbon, leaving them more vulnerable to pressure campaigns from investors and the public. Armed with verified data about a company's lack of environmental progress, shareholders will be more likely to act on their concerns and vote to remove members of the board or management. Smith said. Hmm. Hmm. That's weird, isn't it? This is uh, all strange. But this is all to protect the investors. This isn't to punish companies that have uh, specific greenhouse gas emissions or aren't doing enough to fix that by taking away their investors after public pressure, uh, thanks to all of this nice SEC data disclosures that they're going to make mandatory. That's not what this is. It's to protect people like me who are running their own 401k so I can make sure that I'm putting my money in the right places, that there's not this risk in whatever amount of time Al Gore has laid out to my portfolio being destroyed because this company didn't do enough to help avert climate change. Mm. And so that's definitely what's going on. That is. It's not some kind of weird form of control. Oh, man. It's smart. You know, give them that. Kudos. You know, you put together a few million people inside the government. A few of them have uh, decent ideas on how to control people every once in a while. so maddening. Yeah. These agencies just act with impunity. They're even, they're, they literally, they're going around a court case from three years ago. Mm. They're just going to write a new rule because well, the court because case. because they didn't have that rule in place. I, so that's why ExxonMobil prevailed. Yeah. And so now they want to put the rule in so place now so that, that they, they can lose. Are changing in effect uh, the law in effect. It's not an actual law, but now that they're Tom, changing that. Tom wants to know why do we need the SEC? Well, Tom, it's to protect you. Yeah, it keeps you safe. Keeps uh, you safe. You're... Keeps yeah. your money safe. No, we know? don't. We don't need. We we don't need the SEC. There would once again, well, like when we talk about the FDA, whatever it is the SEC does, uh, there would be private people that would do that, and they would have to do a good job, maybe even a better job, because they would have to put their branding on the certifications they give specific companies and making sure that everything is on the up and up. And if they're ever wrong about that, it's going to damage their brand. Mm-hmm. And all the companies that are uh, paying to be able to put their brand logo on, on, uh, on their product, they would want to shy away from that once the brand is worth less after that. Instead, the SEC, they get to forcefully take money from people and do this all by force, and they don't ever actually have to do a good job or do anything that actually helps investors. Mm-hmm. 
So just just like the FDA, the FDA does. And the people who made the wrong bets would lose, like the whole GameStop thing that happened. Yeah. That thing would have probably went to infinity price. You could have set any price you wanted, and they would have had to buy your shares. And so the people who made the wrong side of the bet, shorted the stock on margin, would have lost. Wait. But instead, because of the SEC and them being able to halt the stocks and trade behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff, they were able to get out of it. They would save their ass. And then the SEC does some kind of investigation and blames the retail investor. It's the, ridiculous. The halting of the stocks is a hilarious one because the, when a stock goes up so much in a specific amount of time or it goes up a certain percentage, uh, whichever rule it actually ends up triggering, they halt it because that is too to volatile. Protect you. To protect mm -hmm. you. This has become too volatile for people to come in. Problem is, uh, we get alerts when stocks are halted because that means something's going crazy. And now that I know it just got halted, I'm looking at it to go in now. Because of the pause to stop the volatility, it becomes more volatile. And actually, a lot of people, once they halt, they can end up taking a, they can end up dumping 50% while you're not even allowed to make any trades. Only other mm -hmm. people are allowed to make trades. It does the complete opposite that it's supposed to do. Oh, okay. But it's to protect you. Oh, somehow. yeah. Yeah, I feel but protected don't, for sure. Just don't ask questions. Like, oh, this was going up and I'm in on it. Thank God the SEC halted this stock from going up mm -hmm. any further. I feel so protected now. Thank you. All right. Uh, this is from the WAPO again. Um, on to the Supreme Court nomination, which we haven't really talked about. Um, no, I just, so, you know, I, I just don't care. It says. And I know I should, but. Confirm, is it Katanji? Katanji. Katanji Brown-Jackson for all the black women whose talents went untapped. That should be your argument right there when yeah. she's uh, in these Senate confirmation hearings. When I watched Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson sitting before the senators at her Supreme Court confirmation hearing, I think of my mother. I think of my mother-in-law. I think of all the brilliant black women in my life who have had the talent and the qualifications but not the opportunity to reach the apex of American society. That they were denied the chance to use their gifts fully is the nation's loss. Jackson's achievements are a source of immense pride for anyone eager to see the country make the best use of all of its citizens. But the fact that it has taken until this late date for the first African-American woman to be nominated to the high court is also a reminder of how racism and sexism have robbed us of greatness. Jackson would bring the court some uh, something it has never had before, her life experience as a black woman in the United States. Okay. Now, so, look, I want to start off by saying I don't care the color of the skin of the person who's being appointed to any office. Now, un unfortunately, that actually makes you racist. None of that matters. <laughs> it, it, what the, the only measurement I have is what is their track record on upholding the Constitution of the United States of America? Yeah. Because that's what they're supposed to do, not bring in their life experience as a black woman. That's <laughs> has nothing to do with upholding the Constitution of the United States of America. Yeah. It, I would say the same thing if it was life experiences of an old white man in the United States. I don't give a shit. I don't care what kind of experience any of you had. White man... Old man, young man, black woman, Asian woman, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Yeah, he hates all do, of you. Do you hold the Constitution as a supreme law of the land, and will you keep Congress in check 
uh, from passing laws as the previous courts have not been able to of passing laws that violate people's freedom. That's all that matters. It's yeah. literally all that matters. What we were missing is a black woman's perspective on the constitution though. Yeah. That's what we've been missing. And the other thing is, you know, she, she says the, uh, the title of the article confirm KBJ for all the black women whose talents went untapped. Here's a question. Okay. So after they confirm her and they likely will, does that mean we don't, don't have to talk about racism anymore? She just took on the weight of all the people who, mm-hmm. who uh, were held back, all the black women anyway. You know, I guess, um, I guess we don't have to worry about this anymore. We're no longer a racist also, country. Also, why didn't your black, why didn't the black president of the United States, Barack Obama, who was in there for eight years, nominate anybody who's black? Um, that's probably because of the uh, <laughs> racist Republicans that wouldn't have confirmed them or uh, something yeah, like that. Obviously. That would be that would be my thing. So yeah, she is she is going to take on all of the she uh, she will be hung on the racism cross. So as racism Jesus. She's going to take in all of the oppression and everything. And and when we confirm her, that means that we've made it past that. That's not actually it, because you know what people on the left want more. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you have. It's and more. actually I don't know much about her or her. I don't either. Or policies. Yeah. Um, so she could be, she could be um, completely qualified and maybe she does uphold the constitution and those different types of things. Perhaps. I don't know. I haven't dug into that. We've been preoccupied with a lot of other things. So I can't give you an opinion on whether I think she's would be a good Supreme court justice or not. I'm responding to this article as if like she needs to be confirmed because she's a black woman. Yeah. No. And not only that. No, that shouldn't be the measurement of a Supreme Court justice. She needs to be confirmed to make up for all of the other times that black women were held down. Like literally nothing to do even with her. Yeah. We've just got to prop her up because of everything that happened in the past. What a ridiculous concept. Yeah. I don't know. And then, you know, it's just not going to be enough. We're still going to be a racist country. It's not going to matter whatsoever. One more thing here real quick. I mean, it's entirely possible that... Um, you know, black women who were highly qualified in upholding the Constitution of the United States weren't nominated to the Supreme Court back in the day because they were black. Yeah. I'm not saying that. that's very possible. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm saying we don't have a time machine. Right. That's, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Until someone on the left invents a time machine, it's time to shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just worry about right now. Let's fix it right now. Let's make sure it's not happening right now. There we go. Or invent a damn time machine. Mm-hmm. Th- that's all I got for you. Let's do this real quick. Just one more little piece of bending to the woke mob. Don't do it. All right. Don't do it. It does not pay to bend to the wokesters because it's never enough. It doesn't matter what you do. And all you're going to end up doing is alienating the other half of your customers and they're still not going to like you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Disney. I mean, the, Republicans buy sneakers too. Exactly, Michael. Mm-hmm. Disney finds itself in a balancing act with a walkout threat. With some workers across the country, the U.S., uh, across the U.S., threatening to walk out, while Disney finds itself in a balancing act between the expectations of a diverse workforce and demands from increasingly polarized, politicized marketplace. On one side, or that, now just think, this is happening at Disney, people walking out. Disney, the gayest company in America. <laughs> And it's still not good enough. Yeah. All right. I mean, nothing bad by that, okay? Yeah. The gayest fairyland. 
where you can come. Well, listen, and, it's and probably not dreams the, can come. It's probably true. not the gayest company in America. I just I thought of that earlier, and I want to make sure that I said it. Okay. <laughs> one, on the one side are the L, LGBTQ advocates and Disney employees walking for a walkout in protest of CEO CEO Bob's slow response and publicly criticizing Florida legislation that opponents dubbed as the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Now. He does how every time they say opponents dubbed it. He, yeah, they say exactly. that this is what it is. We're not calling <laughs> it the don't say gay bill. The opponents, opponents dubbed it that. have called it this. Every time they've talked about it, it has been saying that people have called it this. They don't call it that. Mm-hmm. Someone else did that. We don't. Who's the original person? We have no idea. Just this mythical opponent that calls it that. Even the opponents probably say that other opponents dub it as a don't say gay bill. Uh, so keep in mind, they're walking out in protest to the CEO's slow response to publicly criticize Florida legislation. He still went out and publicly criticized the legislation. He said that they wouldn't be making any more political donations in the state. Now their walkout is in protest of his slow response to do that. And they won't move Disney. He already did it. And they won't move Disney out of Florida. Yeah. That's the other problem. That would be super easy to do. The legislation awaiting the governor's signature bars instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. On the other politicians like Ron DeSantis, who accused the uh, entertainment company of bending the cancel culture after the Disney decision to temporarily suspend political, political contributions in the state, According to Disney's conservative critics, the company should be in the business of making profits, not pushing an agenda. Now, I would love that if all Disney was concerned with was making profits. That would be great. Mm-hmm. But these days, profits are a bad thing for sure. And you gotta you gotta put what you gotta put what side you're on. You gotta put your side in your bio. You know which political side of the aisle are you on? And this is not a good idea for a company as big as Disney with all the stuff that they own for them to piss a lot of people off. And, and they're not even making any friends. How many times have we seen this? Like people decide to say like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll do, I'll do what you want. I'll do what you want. They still hate you. And you just alienated a other massive group of people. You know, what, I don't, I don't see the benefit in doing this. It was unclear how many employees walk out. Union leaders for the work, the unionized workers at Disney said they saw no momentum among their members for a walkout. Probably because they advised them not to do so because it would defy their contractual obligations. Mm. It's kind of funny, all this talk about unions and everything, people walking out for social justice issues, but the unionized people aren't allowed to walk out because it would defy their contract. Because they signed the contracts and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Organizers said they expect participation from non-unionized jobs, like production, marketing, and IT. Mm. <laughs> Those are the people that are free to do what they want. Quote, queer employees have been pushing for years to make this company better. It shouldn't have taken all this for us to get the attention of people up the food chain. Our voices mattered before all of this, the organizer said on Tuesday. What do they want? (laughs) They already said they're not going to, Disney's not going to give any more money in Florida. And they said that they didn't like the bill. What do they want? (laughs) What is it? What's the end goal? What? They want to not work for this day. That's what it is. They're just, ah, oh, we're going to walk out. I don't want to work today. Mm. I want to hold, 
you guys uh, see all those people virtue signaling down there? We're going to go with them. We're going to virtue signal with those. Did you bring any virtue signal? Yeah, I got some in the, in the trunk. The truth is that they, whatever you give them will never be enough. It'll always be something else. And so, yeah, I mean, it, we, we've said before, you'll, we, you'll watch these companies implode on themselves. Like it's the snake eating its own rattle. You mentioned, like you mentioned yesterday on the rattlesnake diamond back. Yeah. Oh, um, snakes like Bernie's fight, Bernie's fight for 15. You know, they, they finally got Amazon the bend and, and they need switched three, to 15 three more dollars. And now he's out there just That's, trying to destroy Amazon because they won't give their workers a raise the $18 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think it's been two years. I don't, I don't know how long it's been since they did that, but mm. this just happened. It's like the homeless guy, you know, you give him a hundred bucks and he's like, could I get three more? It's like you just gave them a hundred dollars. It's like that forty dollar M and M's I bought the other night. Then his friend came up to me trying to get me to buy Snickers from him for eighty. And I was like, dude, I just gave. He's like, oh, it's a different team. It's a different team. I'm like, whatever. We both know you guys are lying about this. Right. Okay, everyone knows it. Yeah. I just admire the hustle. This isn't a real you know? team. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> it's not a real thing. Hey. I just admire that they were out there. They had a box of candy that, that they had gotten from somewhere, you know. That you ate. I ate it. It was yeah. good. All right. Anyway, let's uh, let's go home. It's noon. All right, y'all. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode and you don't want to say gay in Florida, then you should, or if you do want to say gay in Florida, whatever you want to do, actually, because yeah. this is all about liberty, then you should hit that subscribe button or follow. It's like a little plus now on both Spotify and Apple Podcast. And I don't know about the other apps because I'm not a Google Android user. Um, so I don't understand that and uh, any of the other apps, whatever it is, just make sure you subscribe. So you get the next episode straight to your listening device. Sign up, join gml.com, get past the paywall. Nate's ridiculous status paywall. I argued against by the way, <laughs> and Nate is all for it. So get join so you can get on to him. He needs a little more hate in the group. I don't. I shouldn't shoulder the whole weight of the hate. Win in Rome, but I do. So join gml.com. It's only six bucks a month, or you could pay to be a real libertarian if that's you. So that's it's up to you. So far, we don't have any real libertarians in the group, right? Do we? I haven't looked. We haven't looked, but from what we know, there aren't any real libertarians in the group. So if you want to come in as the real libertarian and then recruit other real libertarians, then that could be you. So should we have different caucuses inside of Good Morning Liberty? (laughs) They start creating their own tags and everything to put on their accounts. (laughs) And they end up taking over the group. They take over Good Morning Liberty's group. Um, Join GML.com. That's how you can get started taking over the whole podcast. So... But first, you probably should join and get on the inside. Join GML.com. Share the show with a friend, a family member, a foe, and the children if you do all those things. We'll be back again tomorrow for some White Pill Wednesday. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty. Liberty.